Put your hands in the sky. Oh, oh, wow. Now hand me over your Hulu subscription. Just the Hulu subscription? Just Hulu. There's something on there I gotta watch. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to just text you the login? Uh, let me see your phone. I'll give you my contact. Okay, yeah. I'll just type it in here. Yeah. Have you seen In and of Itself? Yeah, I did. It's so good, right? It's really cool. Everybody's yeah. saying it's real good, so that's why I'm mugging you uh, for this. So wait, like, do you know anything about it? No, I, I honestly haven't seen it. Everybody's saying you gotta see it, and I'm not paying for it. And, and honestly, that's the that's the best way to go about it, is you kind of want to go in cold. Oh, I thought you meant you kind of want to mug somebody for the subscription. I mean, do whatever you gotta do, man. Yeah, because I assume, I mean, if somebody spoiled that stuff for me, even if it was just general topic conversation, I think it would ruin the whole experience. I, I'd love to have a discussion with someone who has seen it, if there's anyone who has seen it, I don't know. But when you do see it, let me know, and I'd like to discuss it with you. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll hit you up. All right, there's my contact. All right, cool, so let me just... Text me that real quick. Yep. Oh, that just came through. Yeah, so you can just log in and make a profile if you want. There's like six or seven different profiles on there. You can just make another one. Perfect. <laughs> what a what a weird subscription service just lets you make a lot of profiles. Feels like it's ripe for exploitation. I think they're just happy to have people there. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great day, buddy. I'll hit you up later. Yeah, you too. This was my finger the whole time. It wasn't a real gun. I, fi I figured. I figured if you, if you couldn't afford a Hulu subscription, you couldn't afford a gun. <laughs> The real gun control. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen up, everybody. We're about to do a mini episode, all right? This mini episode is about, in and of itself, it is, I, I don't even know how to describe it. When I finished it, that's what I thought as well, is I'm just like, what, what, what was that? And I'm trying to recommend it to people, and the people ask, oh, what is it? I'm like, um... Anything other than like it's a filmed live performance feels too much and not enough. So before we get into it, just so everyone's aware, Matt, 100 people surveyed, answers on the board, words to describe this mini episode. Spoiler heavy. Show me spoiler heavy. That's great. That's number one. All right. All 100 people said spoiler heavy. Perfect. We just asked each other 50 times. <laughs> So if you haven't watched it, go on Hulu and watch it. Because honestly, if you don't go in cold, it's going to really ruin it for you. And if you're planning yeah. on experiencing it at all, you really should experience it cold. Hey, everyone. Ronnie asked me to say this little post-production snippet. In and of itself is available on Hulu. It does require a subscription. It is about an hour and 30 minutes long. So this is your opportunity to pause this episode, go watch it, really enjoy it, soak it up, cry a little bit, and come on back. That being said, <laughs> let's get into it. It's not a magic show, but he is a magician. Correct. Which I don't think I understood that when, when you suggested it. I think that was the first thing that struck me was that I thought he was just a guy. Right. I didn't know he was a magician. <laughs> I thought he was a like a writer or like a, like a public speaker of some kind who happened to like be good with cards. And then it just kind of evolved into these different things. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, you're a magician. Oh, shit. You're a magician. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I'm a magician. <laughs> you can make a meme of that. Somebody sitting in their chair, like that moment when you realize he's a magician. Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> he's a magician. <laughs> 
And I feel like, like, yes, it is a magic show. I feel like it's that and other things. That and a memoir. That and like a TED talk. Oh, yeah. It's wearing a bunch of different hats. But somehow they all morph into one big hat. You never feel like there's too many things going on. You feel like you're looking at something you've never seen before. And it's made up of a whole bunch of things you have. And I, and I think that's the majority of it. I have seen things like this. I have seen these kind of like soul bearing, very, very, very sincere one man shows, one person shows. But for whatever reason, I think just the addition of those little illusions, those little magic y stuff just add a lot to it. He does such a great job of pulling in these ideas and these practices and having that be part of the show. Mm-hmm. So, like the whole thing with the log, the book, yeah, and giving the person in the audience a book, like, all right, I'm going to kick you out and you come back tomorrow. That's such a cool concept of like navigating with both real and imagined information. Let's talk about the book a little bit. All right. Yeah. The book is very interesting to me. Actually, actually let me rephrase. Mm-hmm. I think I think the book is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting, but also like, what the hell was that? I think the concept it illustrates is really interesting. Mm-hmm. The, the book itself is a little too artsy fartsy for me, but uh, <laughs> I love this idea of like, it's the log of not only hundreds of people's account of what happened, which they're all seeing anyways, but because it's from a different person's lens, it's just reiterating that the way you perceive it defines it a little bit. Then they get to imagine how the show ends. That was really cool. But like looking at it and being like, I want you to do this with the book and, and look at this guy and look at that guy. I was like, <sighs> okay. I mean, you can put it on a museum like pedestal and be like, flip right. through and see what other people have written. Right. And I, and I think that's the thing about like some magicians that kind of get the rap for or some like illusionists or whatever is that they are very like, look how cool I am. Mm. Ooh, I'm impressive in a way. It is extremely earnest to have that and to have this like captain's log of his show. Yeah. Seemingly for him. Yeah. I don't know what they did with it. We were wondering that. Right. I was like, I don't know what they did with the book, but supposedly, you know, it would be in a museum or something or just out and about. Was the whole point of that book to illustrate the thing he said, which was, we are the authors of each other's stories. I think that was kind of the theme that was approached through that. Just the idea that with author of each other's stories, we're all kind of collectively making this thing. The The phrase I really like is information, both real and imaginary. So this idea of like, all right, so you've seen, you've seen a certain portion of this program mm-hmm. of this show. That's real. Like that happened. Now I want you to go home and imagine the rest based on this other information. Like he said, kind of with the boat saying like, so you're using the stars when you can't see the stars. You kind of just got to think where they might be. Right. I like that idea of we're navigating our lives through what we have experienced and what we have known. And then going forward for, you know, a certain period of time, we may just have to make it up and imagine it's off. Dude, I just thought about that. Yeah, like where you're taking everything you've experienced in your life. Every day, you're imagining an ending for yourself where you'd like to be. Yeah, <sighs> right. That hit me as well. Kind of just now, just a little bit, a little bit harder or a little bit differently. It's all of these different ways of exploring identity and who you truly are are the story about the elephant maybe it wasn't an elephant maybe they just kind of said it was an elephant maybe it was a fantastic creature that these blind people had never seen you know that we have never seen but it was just kind of called an elephant you know maybe it was something mystical you know even the whole finale of the show where he just names people's cards well let's talk about that for a second holy shit. Aside from just the impressiveness of that feat to just walk through the audience and just, yep, 
Yep, yep, yep, yep, yep, yep, yep. We're assuming that you guys have seen it, but if you haven't, when you walk in, you pick a card off this big wall that you feel defines you. It says like, I am, and it's got a whole bunch of stuff, a unicorn or a writer or a novelist. Right, yeah. And then when they walk in, they rip your card. So you keep the I am and they take your, whatever you defined yourself as. And then at the end of the show, he points at every person and he like says what they picked for themselves. He looks at them and he identifies them the way they identify themselves. Right, and it's this idea that he has, or he explains about like, true identity mm -hmm. which is like the way you think of yourself being recognized by other people you can see yourself as like a mother or whatever else and people will see you as that but again it goes internal and more deeper into that but this idea of your internal and external identities being synced up mm -hmm. literally just walking up the stairs just Boop, 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 boop. No one was like, no, <laughs> I'm not sure if there was one. I want to believe that there wasn't. And then he just did that. My favorite part of that were the people being identified. Yes. Did you see, um, what's his name? T Tim. Tim Gunn is there. Tim Gunn, he starts like shaking, <laughs> like crying. And, well, that's the thing is, I think I shared something about the program and our mutual friend Pat messaged me saying, I just watched that. Here's an article about all the famous people in the audience. Yeah, I never, I didn't recognize Bill Gates when I saw him. Right, it's like, I got Tim Gunn, I got, I got Bill Gates. And he says, oh, you missed this one, this one, this one, this one. Yeah. Was, like, <laughs> there's a guy, he looks at him and says, my brother. Apparently that's Chris Angel. <laughs> Didn't like, know that. I recognized one was, this is also just my super specific corner of knowledge. One of them was Marina Abramovic. I don't know who that is. Um, she, she's exactly. Yeah. She's a <laughs> performance artist. Oh, okay. I know that because I studied art history in college. <laughs> um, a, a little bit. She's she's the woman he like whispers in her ear. Oh, okay. And then, like they kind of smile and sit down. <laughs> I love how he whispers that one, and yet he points to him and he's like masochist, and she's like, F yeah. <laughs> I I think it's funny because when he starts that, he says like, if you like, some of you thought that was a joke. Don't stand up. Right. If you took that seriously, please stand up. I'm sure there were some people who thought it was a joke who stood up. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I can clock you. <laughs> Looking at you, you know, Adonis. My favorite person out of all of them for their reaction was the nobody. Do you remember the nobody? Yes. And he just kind of like, yeah, he like took it in. It was really heart hitting for me because you can see on his face, this transition in his mind. So Derek says a nobody and points at him. Yeah. And I can imagine his thoughts being like, oh, he sees me as a nobody. And then being like, no, wait, he sees me as someone who would see themselves as a nobody mm. and then he just starts crying and sits down and i was like oh wow well that and like when derek kind of sees him i think you can see the recognition yeah and like some pity in his eyes some pity and like i don't want to say it right yeah like don't think of yourself that way please but like this is how you think of yourself exactly yeah my mom. Oh, that was. When I saw so his nice. mom. That was very, very sweet, especially with the story in there about his mom and him learning to accept his mom more for who she is. Yeah, I mean that whole ending is just, I think, such a perfect culmination of all the themes of this recognition of yourself, recognition of your true identity, having this communal experience. Because everyone saw, you know, everyone saw a slightly different show. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it kind of cements that we're all on this together. We're all our own individual things and it kind of bonds everyone that way. Speaking of his mom, mm -hmm. let's talk about the brick. Yeah, oh, the brick, yes. I thought it was so cool. After he told that story, he just points out to everyone that it's just a brick. And when he first says that, I thought he was 
coming to that realization himself, you know, being like, mm -hmm. this doesn't have power over me. It's just a brick. Yeah. But he was reminding the audience, this is just a brick. And then he apologizes mm -hmm. for like tying our emotions to this object. And through like the disappearing trick he does next, he takes something that we were like really deeply moved by and makes it into this cool thing instead. Right. So the idea of like, I'm sorry, I've ruined this image for you. Yeah. And I've ruined this object because now it's associated with the story I've told. So let me do something about that and make it almost like just rewrite the narrative yeah so doing this cool thing of doing this illusion and then at the end during the credits having the brick appear at the street so it is this like kind of hidden enchanted object for these people yeah it really did just change the way you looked at this brick where before if people saw the brick they might have frowned or furrowed their brow or like felt sad right there were people like taking picture with the brick and be like oh fuck, it's the brick and like it was a exciting thing <laughs> i want to know how many people like left the theater like we need to go to first and third like we need to go to the street if you check the the show's website there is like a google map with every location every show said the brick was and if you click on that little brick icon it has it's the pictures picture. of like the people that found it that's so cool yeah it's very cool yeah i love that i love that so much i mean overall i think this show i kept thinking during it like why is this affecting me so bad yeah like, I don't know what it was. I think it's something that's so radically sincere and so intensely, like, earnest. Why am I feeling this so deep? I feel like I shouldn't be feeling it this intensely. <laughs> I think it's 100% due to Derek. Yes. I think Derek's genuine performance, as somebody who's studied acting, I don't consider myself a master, but there right. were no signs in anything I saw of any falsehood. No. It was just pure pure, raw, genuine emotion. And he's done like 552 shows. Yeah. With stuff like this, I usually, after I finish, I want to like do a deep dive and just watch interviews and think pieces and read stuff about it. And, like, and listen to podcasts like this. Right, listen to podcasts. <laughs> about, like I want to know more. Mm -hmm. And I watched a woman talk about it and she basically said, he looks like he's going to cry the entire show. Yeah. He looks like he's like right in the cusp mm -hmm. of breaking down into a, a, like an emotional mess the entire show. And I'm like, yeah, that that's it. Because I feel like he's just poured so much of his thought and time into this and to just make it all work. So I think when you have the combination of the emotion and the sincerity of it, just taking so much out of you, as well as the aspect of having to get the illusions right and not mess up the illusion. <laughs> and just the, again, the timing of it. It's not like a super like illusion Las Vegas. Yeah, not at all. Big showy thing. It's very small illusion, not small illusions. Select. Right. They feel selective. They feel a bit personal somehow. Mm -hmm. And even like the last one, the very last one. Oh my God. With like the sheets falling down from the wall. Okay. Jenny, she had a very strong reaction to this one. So in and of itself, the, the sheet falling from the wall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just I, like, no. I loved it. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. Magic makes me really angry <laughs> because, <laughs> because I don't understand it. And I know that I'll never figure it out on my own. So when that happened, like it took a second and I was like, how? And I was whispering that to Alan and he was like, shh. I'm like, but how did he do that? <laughs> I've been thinking about the show all together, like all day, which shows you how good it is. But like, I've also just been thinking about how like angry it makes me that I don't know how he did any of that. <laughs>
I think that's the thing is that like so much of it is just like you think about how did he put the the boat in the bottle? How did he, you know? Yeah. How did it? How did the he letter, do the letter thing? The letter. The yes, letter. The yeah. letter. Can we talk about the letter? Holy crap! We kept thinking we figured it out, and then we're like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. We couldn't figure out how he did that. Right. We're, I'm trying to figure out all of these things. I'm just like, maybe I get it that like I want to know how he did it, but at the same time, I'm just like shocked that it happened. And I think that was what I'm saying that like the whole show is so incredibly sincere mm-hmm. and so incredibly like earnest that like you kind of turn into a little kid a little bit. You're just like. <gasps> he did the thing but at the same time like my adult brain kicks in sometimes and i'm just like no how did yeah. he touch the thing in the window and now the window's paper like right how- so i've thought about this after i'm like wow that's really cool then i'm like doing the same thing of trying to figure out how how he did it so the letter he cuts the deck of all the different descriptor words right yeah and then he took like a handful of them and he showed them to the person in the front row and he asked them to pick one of them yeah This is the part that breaks the trick for me. And I don't know how he did that part. I can get that if he had a plant in the, well, not a plant, but he had somebody in the audience who he already knew he was going to call on. He was knew they were going to be at the show. So he got all the context for these different people and then got these letters written because he let him choose the letter too. And every letter had a different descriptor person's relation to them on the back. Cause I was like, oh, he just put the same letter in every envelope, but no, because some said (laughs) cousin, Yeah. So, okay. You can do the heavy lifting of getting them to write all these letters, but how did he get the person in the audience to pick the right person out of the thing he handed them? <laughs> and it, right. And it also presumes that like you kind of ran a search of everyone who's going to come to the show or you know, of the select group of people. Mm-hmm. And you know, who's going to pick what thing off the wall. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Every time I'm like, oh, wait, what about this? What you just said, like, you don't know which descriptor they're going to pick off the wall. Like, that's another wrench to just throw in there. Right. Which right. We, we've already established he somehow already knows everyone's descriptors, which that alone I was trying to figure out. The cool thing about magicians, I'm super into magicians and magic. The cool thing about magicians is sometimes the trick is the fact that they're just that good. I think that's literally it, though. Yeah. I think part of it is they're just training yourself to a certain extent to read people or just read body language in a certain way and just being able to pick up on these little microscopic cues. I was looking, I didn't see a single earpiece anywhere in his ears. They do show a recording of the people showing up and getting their ticket ripped. So like there's proof that they did record that part. So I mean, maybe he had a chance to like review those recordings and who had what before the show started. But, like, but then well, his memory is amazing. Exactly. Right. Then he has to memorize. <laughs> every single person before doing a show <laughs> while doing a show while remembering his lines while remembering the next cue or remembering his next spot that he needs to stand in he did say something at the beginning i really enjoyed he said something along the lines of and i wish i could have gotten the quote but he says i know a lot of you aren't going to believe me and that's what's letting me be 100 truthful mm. do you remember that I, yeah i remember that and i, I think that's true is I, I think it's because of our reaction of no way there's got to be something <laughs> there has to be an earpiece there has to be some guy in the back being like artist nobody like <laughs> no like signing to him or something and i feel like we're, we're going in like ready to see something go wrong in a way yeah and so when he like it's like we don't believe it it's like all right cool it's almost like i have nothing left to lose yeah i kind of think because mm-hmm. i know you're not going to believe me so let's just go for it it's wicked cool because it literally does open the door to the thought i had which was 
that maybe he is that good. Maybe he just literally could tell. I think he really is just that good. Just even cooler. <laughs> I don't know. Not gonna lie, I'm tempted to look up how he did all this stuff because I bet somebody has figured it out <laughs> or leaked it somewhere, but I also don't want to ruin it. <laughs> I, I won't share anything. How does in and of itself? In and of itself, tricks explained. Yeah, the, the article is literally named No, Derek Delgadio won't explain any of his tricks from in and of itself. <laughs> I, I mean, that's kind of what I figured. I figured no one really knows and like it would just be speculation, but I really want to know. <laughs> oh no, Matt's frozen. Oh no. Do you want to start our own podcast while he's gone? Yeah, okay. All right. Welcome to Seven Degrees of Celebration. <laughs> <laughs> totally not a ripoff of a different podcast. Best podcast out there. <laughs> no other podcasts have seven full degrees. <laughs> Old Sam. <laughs> oh, there he there is. Hey, oh, there we okay. go. Could you hear us at all? I can hear you. I can hear seven degrees of celebration. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the story of the Rulatista. I don't understand it, but I like it a lot. What part don't you understand? So like, is like the whole meaning or? Like, yeah. Like, so he gets shot at the end. Okay. Were you able to get shot because the other person defined you as something different? You know, he didn't know who you were, so therefore you weren't that anymore and he could shoot you. Yeah, it was, I think it was like the irony, like he didn't know that he was the guy who didn't get hit by a bullet so many times that he didn't care. He just shot him in one bullet because he, his reputation doesn't mean anything to him. Like everyone else saw him as this invincible guy. Right. No matter how many times the gun was put to his head, he never got shot. I think as it relates to the show, the power of believing in something. Mm -hmm. mm. You mentioned that that line from the video, like you won't believe me so I can be myself. Right. The idea that everyone who watched this man do this thing believes he was invincible or, you know, just mm. some anomaly who just wouldn't shoot himself until the person who didn't and so he did not believe in that story so so i feel like it comes around to that idea that you believe in the story you tell yourself and you believe in the the identity you have until someone doesn't so if you said you know i am an artist i am a cook whatever you know until someone says no you're not it kind of takes that away so what do you think the message of the entire show was i think the message of the show overall is we are all doing our best <laughs> We are all kind of figuring out so much information about ourselves and life as we're going along. And the best thing we can do is kind of just be true to our intuition, be true to what we know, and be true to our identity. Okay. What, what, do, you, what do you take from it? I didn't know. So I thought about it all of today. And then I rewatched the last 10 seconds of it when I got home. Mm -hmm. And he says, I am defined by what you see, but I'm also defined by all the things you will never see yes it's not just about what you feel you are it's this weird balance between how the world sees you and all the things that you've experienced to make you what the world sees you it reminds me of that is it a john green quote where he's like i think it was from looking for alaska when he's like i'm the oh god edit this part out i forget what i was gonna say jenny later remembered that the quote she was thinking of was but ultimately, I do not believe she was only matter. The rest of her must have been recycled too. I believe now that we are greater than the sum of our parts. If you take Alaska's genetic code and you add her life experiences and the relationships she had with people, and then you take the size and shape of her body, you do not get her. 
there is something else entirely. There is a part of her greater than the sum of her knowable parts. I guess it's just the concept of like being greater than the sum of your parts. <laughs> so never mind. Alan, you can just cut that whole thing out if you want. <laughs> it's not me. That's Ronnie. Oh, sorry. You, your assistant, Ronnie. <laughs> no, Ronnie's a BU student. <laughs> okay. Editing our podcast. He's majoring in business. Majoring in business? I didn't know that part. He's majoring in business, but he like wants to be a sound engineer. Oh, okay. So he, do, he does this on the side, but like his dad's making him be a yeah uh, yeah yeah okay yeah you know, it's it's the sensible thing to do so well cooties to, coo- cooties to you ronnie <laughs> kudos to you cooties ronnie. to you yeah i mean i don't have much else to say i would love if everyone else watched it and kind of reached out and sent in thoughts and any opinions or theories they may have whether you loved it you hated it let us know because i'm sure there's a discussion to be had if you send stuff in we'll definitely create another mini episode and and go over what you bring in because really good works like this where both matt and i are vibing on it and jenny too it's nice for us to really dive into them like much longer than we would normally on an episode It also doesn't happen often because we all have such different tastes and things. It's true. Well, because like it's either Alan and I like it, Jenny and I like it, Alan and Jenny like it, but I don't. It's like it's never all three just like <laughs> that's ah. true. Like <laughs> <laughs> very rarely. Well, thank you, Derek Delgado, for this amazing chance to become a trio. For breaking our brains. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone get down on the ground. Down on the oh. ground. I'm Matt's friend. We text sometimes. Oh, yeah. What's going on, Rick? Hey, I watched that thing you asked me to watch. I'm here to talk about my opinions. <laughs> it's good, right? I didn't understand it. Can we talk a little bit about it? Uh, Yeah, we could talk about that. All right. What's all this equipment? Get this stuff out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the cold. It's the skit open. It's the Yeah, we do it. Open. We do these little, we do these little skits and all that. Do you even listen to the podcast? Yeah, I do. I know. I was saying what because that segment made no sense. Oh, because you didn't hear the first half. Okay. Oh, it's a continuation. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> he robbed me for my Hulu login. It'll make more sense when I hear the whole thing, I guess. <laughs>